Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, y'all can be seated. You can be seated. Well, I... uh, came in today and um, I saw a friend of mine that he's wearing the same kind of shirt as his wife and um, I don't know I just never thought I'd see him do that kind of stuff but um, Roy won't you stand up for me you want to do that go ahead and stand up Roy you want to turn around and show everybody what your shirt says? What does it say? It says five plus one, right? Is that a, did you put the plus one on there? So that's a retread shirt. So those are 45 years. You can have her stand up too. Go ahead, hon, stand up. 45 years, and then she put the plus one, right? 46 years of marriage today. Isn't that awesome? That's great. Roy, if... If I had to put up with you for that long, I would wear a shirt, red shirt too. I'd make them do the same thing. They still like, I think they love each other is what I understand. So that's good stuff. Thank you so much for, Roy does and has done so much here. uh, And he has so much behind the scenes. And we appreciate you, my friend. We really do. Um, You know, something else. uh, Last week I talked about a situation that where, you know, I was talking about how sometimes you get treated unfairly. um, And... um, I, I, I don't want to embarrass him at all, but uh, I mentioned that a police officer had gotten treated unfairly here in Noonan uh, and to pray for him and his beautiful bride, uh, and they are close friends with me. I love them very much, and Coy is here. Coy, we appreciate your service to the community. We do. We sure do. Raise your hand, Coy, right there. And I'm going to tell you something, Coy. Yeah, Coy, I want you to know, yeah, you can stand up for him. We love you. We love you. Absolutely. We love you, my friend. And I want you to know, I want you to hear this from me. We 1,000% have your back because I know your heart and I know your character and I know who you are and I know what you're all about and you're about what we're all about. And that is loving others, protecting others and seeing the best in other people. And so we love you and we want you to know that. Kenzie, we have your back too, sweetie. We really do. I want you to know that. So... And the final thing is, as you know, a preacher can't get away without saying this. The way you give, it, isn't that funny? Someone said, hey, how do we give? Uh, I do want to tell you guys real quick. Uh, there's two boxes in the back. You can give online. There's boxes in the back. That's how we give. If you're visiting here, that's how we give. Uh, we don't pass a plate. Uh, we, we never have passed a plate here. We just ask you to do that and be obedient to what God um, has for you. So, but I just want to get those things out of the way, okay? And I appreciate you guys allowing me to do that. Hey, we've been asking a qu- questions here since uh, this time has come, since the quarantine happened, and then a lot of the a lot of the racial things have been. At, we wanted to start asking some questions. I did, and so the first thing I wanted to ask was about the quarantine and and, and about things going on in the community. And it's this: what have you what have you learned? What exactly have you learned? Okay. What have you learned? And we went through a series of what have we learned? Because I want to tell you something. God is always teaching us. The scripture calls him the great teacher. When Jesus came 
and he taught a lot of people what they would do is they would be, the scripture says, they were in awe of his teaching. And here's what it says, because he didn't teach like all the other preachers, okay? They were in awe of his teaching. Now, I know, I know, if, and when you leave on Sundays, you guys walk out and you go, you know, dear, I was in awe of Pastor Barry's teaching today. And I'm like, I know, I know, me and Jesus. But that's what happened. Wendy's laughing the loudest. My wife is laughing the loudest because she, anyway, but um, sometimes I'll ask, I always ask Wendy, oh, how, how'd it go? And sometimes she'll go, man, it was you really on today. And sometimes she'll go, and I know what that means. So anyway, but they were in awe of his teaching, and he's constantly teaching us. He really is. He's constantly teaching us. The next thing we looked at, though, is what did you see? Because it's through your eyes. How did you see it? How did you see the situation? How did, that will tell you a lot, listen, about your heart. What you saw will tell you a lot about your heart and what's in your heart. It will. It'll tell you a lot about it. And then how do we respond exactly? How do we respond with those things? How do we respond when we see injustice? How do we respond when we see people treated unfairly? How do we respond? And last week I touched on this just a little bit, but I talked a little bit about your neighbor. I talked a li- just a little bit about your neighbor. There's one of my points where Jesus made a huge thing to say, I want you to know something. How you treat your neighbor is just as important, and we don't think about this, is you loving God. It says they're on equal planes. It says those two are what the scriptures hinge on. Basically, it says this. If you will love your neighbor and you will love God, everything else will fall into place. It will. Everything else will fall into place. And so I started thinking, well, I want to talk about how do we treat our neighbor. And I thought, who better to tell us how to treat our neighbor than everyone's neighbor? Right? So you guys check this out. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Would you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? Welcome to this neighborhood, neighbor. Oh, there's Officer Clements. Hi, Officer Clements. Come Hello, in. Rogers, how are you? Fine. Why don't you sit down? Oh, sure. I was constantly talking with Fred about contemporary things that were going on. We were just coming through the, um, the area of intense civil rights struggle in America. And I had marched, and I was particularly sensitive to the young children in that those swimming pools in Memphis, Nashville, Atlanta, uh, Knoxville, Baton Rouge, everywhere there were municipal pools, an adult hated these children so much that they were pouring these chemicals into the pool to prevent them from swimming. And I said, Fred, we've got to do something. Talk to the ministers and talk to the uh, people at the seminary and stuff. And he said, well, friends, 
I need to think about it. Let's see, what, what can we do? It's so warm, I was just uh, putting some water on my feet. Oh, it sure is. Would you like to join me? It looks awfully enjoyable, but I don't have a towel or anything. Oh, you share mine. Okay, sure. Oh, Come along, man. I'll put some more water in here. Oh. We're in a constant dialogue about how, how we grow spiritually, how we're handed something sometimes that is too heavy to, uh, for us to carry, but we, we get muscles, our muscles, our spiritual muscles get stronger. And he said, well, you remember in the Bible, in the New Testament when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And I said, yes. He said, well, our children all over the country are going to have a chance to see a black man and a white man sitting here together, friends, as friends. And they're going to talk about our differences, but that we are still friends with our feet in the same pool. They are going to see me telling you to use my towel. So proud of you, Francois. Oh, thank you, Fred. I like being a human being right here and now. We haven't had enough of that kind of kindness and empathy on the part of uh, not just public figures, but each other. It's what we, what we, what we can be, and what we—it's what Lincoln called our better angels. A lot of you guys may not know, but Fred Rogers was a pastor. Um, he was—he was a pastor, and he gave us a great example of who. We, and what he did is he actually used his platform. I want you to hear that. He used his platform that he had right where he was to make a difference. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do, to use right where we are, right where we are our platform to make a difference. No one here that knows Mr. Rogers, whenever he first came up, I heard it, didn't crack a smile. I could hear you start to smile whenever he walked in the door. I could. You're even smiling now, except for the few of you that are still tearful from the video. But you'll be smiling too, because that's what he does for you. You know what he was? He was what 2 Corinthians 2.15 says about those who hear the gospel. When they see the gospel, it says, Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance that rises up to God. It is a sweet it's what it says. It is a sweet aroma, is what one of the scriptures says. Our lives are a sweet aroma that rises up to God. And can I tell you something? There's supposed to be a sweet aroma to those around us as well. The, the, what we do is, you guys, is we're to draw people to Christ by our actions. Are you with me? Now, eventually you may have to use words, but we're to draw people to Christ with our actions. And we are, we are to be, we are to be the example for who Christ is. You see, Christ, while he's in our hearts, he's no longer physically here. So therefore, we have the responsibility to carry out his mission. We, and let me say something. A lot of people don't think about this, but I, I helped someone move yesterday, okay? No, I'm not available, all right, uh, I am maybe, let my back heal, all right, but, but uh, I helped someone move, a close friend of mine moved yesterday, and, you know, I enjoyed hanging out with him and stuff, 
But I'll tell you something that stunk is carrying all those boxes. Are you with me? Some of those things are heavy. Can I tell you something? Some of the things when you carry Christ to other people, sometimes it can get kind of heavy because it can be difficult. I'm not talking about lifting an actual load. I'm talking about lifting the load and being Christ even though people may not be treating you right. Even though things may not be going your way. Even though you may be at a disadvantage. It's called carrying the cross for a reason. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable. Sometimes it can get heavy. Sometimes it can, it can be very difficult. Here's what 1, Corinthians, I mean, 1 Peter 4, 8 says. I love this. It says, most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other. Okay, I want you to hear this. Deep love for each other. Show deep love for each other. Now, why are we doing that? Because love covers a multitude of sins. When you, when you show deep love for other people, you actually end up covering over, covering over those sins. Love can cover over a multitude of sins. Of sins just by the way that we treat other people. It brings it to the question, and here's the question how do we treat our neighbor? How do we treat our neighbor? And I found the text in Romans chapter 13 that I want us to tear open today. Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 8, it says this It says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, I want you to hear this, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covenant. I want you to get what he's saying here. He's saying this, he said, these and other such commandments are summed up in one commandment. So all of those commandments, all, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covenant. Those are all covered up with one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then 10 says, love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. What is he saying here? He's saying this. He's saying, I want you to understand something. All of these other little sins that you have back and forth where Maybe you covet, or, or, or maybe there's lust in your heart, or maybe, and it goes on and on and on and on. If you would just love other people, if you will love other people, those things will kind of fade away. Do you guys know the reason a lot of us don't love other people? Do you know what it is? Because we don't know their story. See, it's important to know people's story. We don't know their story. One of the things that my wife loves to do in counseling is to get to the root of, of the story and to hear the story. See, she may have a student that's not acting right. She may have a student that's ha having some issues in school. She may have a student that's struggling. And then that, you know, the teachers get really frustrated because they've got 30 kids in the class and they can't hear the whole story. But they, they'll send them to my wife and my wife will sit down with them and she will hear their story. And see, once you know someone's story, it becomes easier to love them because you can walk in their shoes. Are you with me? It becomes easier to do that because you can begin to walk in their shoes. And when you can start walking in someone else's shoes, then, then, that's when, that's when you can begin to understand and show empathy and love. That, that's what happens. You know, we had a guy who, he played drums for us. We had a, we had a very strict rule in some of my student ministries. If, if you weren't, you know, radically saved 
And, and if, you, if you weren't on fire for God, you could not play in the praise band. And that sounds like a good rule, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like a good rule. I mean, you're up leading worship. It sounds like a good rule. Until, until there, was a, there was a kid who wanted to play drums, and he was a very good drummer. Now, I'm going to say something. We needed a drummer, and he was a very good drummer, but that's not the reason, that's not the reason that, we, uh, that we let him play. The reason we let him play is because, is because we understood his story and we understood the road he had traveled and we understood why it was difficult for him to trust God because of the story that he had. That's what we understood. And so we made an exception. Now I'm going to tell you something. There were some people that got ticked off because of that. There were some people that were like, oh, that's wrong. You know, that should never happen. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, go listen to his story and then talk to me. That's why Jesus had the ability, whenever a woman was caught in adultery, in the middle of adultery, she was thrown down. Jesus, having compassion, knowing her story, by the way, Jesus could say, no one's here to judge you. Now go and sin no more. That's why he can have the interaction with the woman at the well. That's why he can stop and say, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. He knew the story. How do we treat our neighbor? Well, here's the first thing I think you have to understand. And this is something that you have to get past. If you don't get past this, you might as well just close it up and head home. And it's this. Loving others is a decision. Loving others is a decision. I'm going to be transparent with you. My day did not start off right, okay? I know, I know. I look as if it did. It didn't. If you'll notice today, I do not have a Bible up here. I'm preaching without a Bible. Why? Well, because I forgot my bag and I left it at home. And I'm thankful that I had this iPad. So I don't have a Bible. So when I got here, I was like, oh, poo, I don't have my Bible. And I don't have time to go get it. So I went to Lynn and I said, Lynn, those scriptures need to be up there. Right when I call them, man, right when I call them, because I don't have my Bible with me. Because I like looking. I prefer to read it here than I do on the screen. I don't have my Bible with me. What kind of $2 preacher doesn't carry a Bible with him? This kind. Didn't have it with me today. So I came in, and there was a few other things going on. And Let me let you a little bit behind the scenes. This is called a power pack that I have here, right? All right? If I push the button, I can push it again, and you guys can hear me. I like having control over that. Okay? I do. Some people in the back don't like me having control over that. And someone, I'm not saying it's a sound guy now, but maybe someone in here, in the room, maybe they're not here today, I don't know, but someone locked where I could not do this. I walked in without a Bible, without my armor, and someone locked my power pack. I went back to third grade class when I had not gotten picked for the kickball team, right? And I wanted to get on my floor of my office and scream like a baby. Instead, the sound guy said, well, I didn't do it. 
But I Googled, and here's how you unlock it. And so I unlocked it. And I've now told everyone, if they ever lock it again, it's not going to be good. I'm going to not be Mr. Rogers, okay? I'm going to be Terminator. All right, you with me? No, seriously. It was like one thing after another. And I literally had to stop and say, okay. And this is how God always does it. He always says, hey, you're going to preach a sermon today about loving other people and loving your neighbor. And uh, yeah, and you're going to be in a bad mood. You're going to forget your Bible and blah, 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 blah. I had to stop and make a decision. I had to say, you know what? I can choose right now which way I can go. I can choose it. And I've decided to smile and to muster through it. And honestly, my day was made better with a couple of you guys coming up and elbow bumping and all that kind of stuff. And now we're back. I'm back. I'm back in the zone, right? That's where I am. But it's a decision. You have to make the same decision. Can I tell you what decision I've made in my life? I've never went to a funeral of someone who was a jerk and they got up and said, you know, he was so compassionate. He was so blah, 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 blah. Usually they just tell stories about memories and they move on, but I don't want that at my funeral. I want people to know that I wanted to err on the side of grace. That's what I want. No matter how it makes me look, no matter how it makes me look like a doormat, I don't care. I want to err on the side of grace. I want to help people. I want to commit to helping other people, and I did that long ago, and I'm not ever going to stop doing that until the day that I die. I want to choose to set myself on the back burner. I want to do that. When a time comes for me to either take my way or put myself on the back burner, I want to mostly choose my, my self being on that back burner. I don't want to choose my own way. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't, and I hope you don't either. I want to be a light to other people. I do. I want to be a light to other people. I want to be able to use my gifts and talents. I want to be able to do that. And I want to tell you something. I know you want to be able to do that too. But here's the, here's the situation that I've learned in my own life. There is no magical Jesus pixie dust that people go shring and loops on you and all of a sudden you're going to be grace-filled. It doesn't happen. You have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. Now, today, I got up and decided that I was still going to be married to Wendy. I decided that. I decided that I was still going to let Blake live at my house. All right? I decided that, too. I'm still deciding whether I'm going to let the dog stay there. I'll let you know, like, next week. But I will, I will assure you guys that the dog doesn't live there, Wendy doesn't live there either, and neither Blake. So, dog stays. But, listen, I've decided that. I've decided that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this job. I like this job. I like this ministry. I decided I'm going to keep coming. I decided that. I decided, you know how I decided that? I decided that because I, I woke up. When the alarm went off, I woke up, and I got up, and I made the bed, and I got in the shower, and I got dressed, and I came here, and I left my Bible, but I still came here. I came here, and here I am in front of all you, and so I've made that decision. You decided you were going to come to church today. And I'm glad you did. You decided you got up and you made that decision. So you may be telling me, hey, listen, of course you decided to do that. It's an easy decision. It's an easy decision. You love Wendy. You love Blake. You tolerate the dog. You know what I mean? You love the church. Why wouldn't you decide that? Well, here's what I want you to know. Loving other people should be an easy decision. You love God. You've seen what he's done for your life. 
That's how easy it should be. You should get to the point where it's not difficult. But at first it is difficult. Because it goes against your nature. It goes against your very nature. It goes against the flesh that you have. And you have to decide you're going to do it. You have to decide you're going to put yourself on a back burner. And some days you win and some days you lose. And you don't get to see the change until there's more winning days than there is losing days. But it's a process. And you have to make the decision to do that. That's how you treat your neighbor. Here's the next thing. We're supposed to build each other up. We're supposed to build each other up. It's an amazing thing. No matter where Jesus went, he built other people up who had been beaten down. Now, those people that were haughty, those people that thought they were better than him, those people that thought they knew everything, he didn't build them up. He built up the people that had been oppressed. He built up the people that had been treated unfairly. He built up the people that had a history and a past where their actions weren't measured up to what he wanted them to be. He built them up, and that's exactly what we're supposed to do as well. I found something out, you guys. No matter how rich somebody is, no matter how successful someone is, no matter how together they appear, everyone, everyone needs other people to build them up. Everyone needs encouragement. Everyone needs a compliment. Everyone needs a pat on the back. I've said this about youth my whole life. Every kid, every kid, every kid deserves to have one cheerleader. You know what that means? Here's what that means. That means, you know, I've played on some pretty bad football teams, okay? And I've coached a couple of really bad football teams, okay? Like we didn't score a touchdown all year. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Elijah Slay and I's first uh, uh, attempt at coaching, okay? Basically, we stood on the sideline, sent in plays, and got our face bashed in. That's basically what happened. But I, I played on those teams, and there's something amazing about those teams. Here's what's amazing about those teams. Every team I've ever played on has had a cheerleading squad. And I don't care if we were getting beat 60 to nothing. They were over there cheering, we are the best, we are the... And I just want to go over to the little kid, and I'm like, look, I know you're seven years old, but we're getting killed here, man. We're not the best. As a matter of fact, we're the worst. We're the worst. It's really bad. I think every kid deserves to have one adult in their life who will get through all the mess and see the good, who will be a cheerleader for them. And guess what? You deserve one, too. You deserve a cheerleader. Let me ask you a question. Who are you a cheerleader for? Who are you building up? Guys, listen, that's why we have the church. And I know y'all at home, I'm going to walk around in a minute, but that's why we have the church. And I hope I don't mess up the sound. The sound guy's freaking out right now. That's why we have the church because that's why, and that's why I like meeting in person because I like seeing you guys. And, and it encourages me to be able to see you guys and to come around and say, hey, how's it going? And to give you an elbow bump. You know what I'm saying? to give you that elbow bump and to come around and to talk to people. And that's what we do. Now, we don't think about it that way, but as we're doing that, what we're doing is, is we're building people up. We're building other people up. We're being the church is what we're doing. And we're hearing, and so maybe there's a situation. Do you know there's probably more ministry that goes out in that lobby than, than, than anything in here? Did you know that? I've seen people pray for each other. I've seen people get in each other's lives. I've seen them encourage one another. 
all those things. The conversations here, honestly, is probably better than the sermon. Just want to let you know. Strong possibility that's the, that's the case. Because in his infinite wisdom, God knew we didn't just need to come and hear a sermon. We needed to come and engage with other people and allow other people to build us up and to feel that building up. That's why it's so, in, that's why it's so important for us to make sure that we're connected to the church. And I'll get on a soapbox. That's why you need to be connected to a small group because you need that building up because you can't do this on your own. You cannot do this on your own. And God knew that. And so he sent people to encourage you and to build you up. And that's why we're here today. That's why you hate it. Even though you like sitting in your PJs at home, you didn't like it after a couple of weeks because you're like, this stinks. I want to go back to church. That's why you felt that way. And that's why a couple of weeks ago when we all came in that, that you were so happy and everyone was so energetic and there was an energy here and that energy is still here because you need that and I need that. We are to be building others up. That's how you treat a neighbor is to build others up. We're also to value other people. We're to value other people. I want to tell you something. One of the best ways you can value others is to bring value to their life. You have gifts. You have talents. Use those to value other people. Most of the time, people are walking around, and this is just the reality. Most of the time, people are walking around, and they need to know that they have value. And you can be used by Christ to really put that value in them. One of the things that I try to do is, is I try to, people that don't have a lot of, a lot of self-confidence, I try to put self-confidence in them, and I tell them what I can see. Here's what I see. Here's what I think God's doing in your life. Here's what I think you can do. I want to be one of those people, and here's the thing. I want you to be one of those people, too. I want you to value other people. God wants you to value other people. Here's what, here's what Proverbs 18.21 says. I love this. Proverbs 18, the tongue can bring death or life, okay? Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. What is it saying here? Here's what it's saying. You have the power of life and death, and if you just want to run your mouth all the time, you're going to reap the consequences of that. But your words have, hold power, and they are weighty. Consider what you're going to say. You have the power of life and death, and I don't know about you, but I want to speak life into people. That's who I want to be. I want to be someone who speaks life into people. I want to be someone who builds other people up and who values other people. How can you value other people? Well, take time to care for others. Take time out of your busy schedule to care for others. The next thing is to listen. Listen to other people. You know, I, I know this sounds corny, but God gave you two ears and one mouth. Use it accordingly. You got two ears to hear and one mouth, so two-thirds of the time you need to be listening. Do that. Listen to other people. Protect other people. I'm going to be completely transparent with you. I was fired up when I saw some of those social media posts about Coy because I love him and I love his wife. I was fired up and I wanted to put nine million things. But I said, I'm not going to do that because I've never seen anyone's mind changed because of social media. What I am going to do is I'm going to call and text them and tell them I love them and I got their back and Real Church has their back. But that's what we're to do, you guys. We're, we're to bring value to other people, to protect other people, to guide other people, to admonish them whenever maybe they're going the wrong direction. 
Ephesians 2.10 says this, and I love this. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us in anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. What does that mean? It means that God has created us. He's created us to, to do these good things. What are those good things, you think? What do you think they are? Well, maybe serving on the praise team, maybe teaching other people, maybe being up in front of you speaking. Well, no, that, that's, that's it. But most of the good things are you being Christ to other people. That's what the good things are. The good things he's telling you, those are the good things. You're not doing the good things right now. You do the good things when you leave here. The good things happen in the grocery store. The good things happen whenever you tip your waiter or waitress, even though she stunk, even though, the, you know, who knows what her story is. Do you not think God will provide for you if you drop an extra 20? Give me a break. Look at what he's provided you so far. The good things are how you treat the person at Lowe's or how you treat your family member that gets on your nerves. I know no one here has got those family members. It's just me. No one watching in Tennessee, by the way. I love you, family. But everybody else, I'm sure, I'm sure no one has those family members. Those are the good things. Those are the good things that, that, that Ephesians is talking about. Basically, here's what I'm asking you to do, guys. I'm asking you to live the one another's. Live the one another's. I'm going to Bible drill you here for a minute, but John 15, 12 says this. This is my command. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. These are called the one another's. Love one another in the same way I have loved you. John 15, 12. Galatians 6, 2, and 3, and you guys know this. Share each other's burdens. In this, in, the, in this way, obey the law of Christ. And verse 3 says this, if you think you're too important to help someone, you're fooling yourself. You're not that important. I love when he says that. You're not that important. So the one another's, help one another, love one another. What's the next one? The next one is Ephesians 4.32. It says, instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And the final one is 1 Thessalonians 5.11. It says, so encourage one another and build one another up just as you are already doing. Now, here's the cool thing about it. You may say, well, where do I start? I'll tell you where to start. Right in your own house. Start right in your own house and then work your way out. Can I be honest with you and tell you something? I have seen people that would treat a cashier at Kroger better than they treat their own wife better than they treat their own kid. It starts at home, you guys. Start at home and work your way out. And then what you'll do is, is you will not only encourage, you'll have a healthy family, but you'll also teach them and your generation after generation after generation after generation, and it will just spread like wildfire. But it starts with you, and it starts right where you are. Be the person at work that is the, not the complainer. Be the person at work that is not the one that's constantly talking about something negative. Be the person at work that's the one that builds others up. Be the person at work is that the one that listens. Be that. That's what I want you to be. That's what God wants you to be. That's what I'm seeing in the scriptures that he wants me to be as well. It starts right where you are, living the one another's. It's important for you, and it's important for me. I love the story in the video. The story was simply this. That Mr. Rogers says, hey, listen, I have a job for you. 
He said, I, I want you to start acting. And he said, well, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? And he was in the 60s. And he says, well, I want you to be a police officer. And he said, gosh, man. He says, I have a negative view of police officers. He says, well, so do other people. He said, he said some, some other people have a negative view. Maybe their experience has been different than mine. He said, I have a great view of police officers, but you may have a negative view. He said, let's come together and let's work on this. And so he did. And that actor served almost 30 years with Mr. Rogers. That, that was his job. That's what he did. And it came to a point where there was a situation happened where kids, and I, and I, I, was, I was too young to remember this, but there, there, were, there were kids swimming. They were integrated swimming, and they were throwing things in the pool just because of the color of their skin. And he came to Mr. Rogers, and that's what Mr. Rogers' choice was. He said, hey, listen, I want to teach children that it's okay. I want to teach children. As a matter of fact, not only do I want to do that, I want to go to where Jesus was the biggest servant, and that is, is washing other people's feet, and I want to do that on live TV. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't throw it in anybody's face. He didn't, he didn't uh, you know, attack anyone. You know what he did? He lived his life, and he showed by his example where he is today, and that's what I want you to do too. That's what I think God wants us all to do. I really do. We need to learn. We need to learn from other people. We need to listen to other people. We need to learn from other people their stories. And when we do that, we will be more merciful. We will share and have more grace and we will decide, you know, and it'll be an easy decision. We will decide to love your neighbor. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are. Lord, I'm thankful for the fact that, that we can even be here today and talk about these things, God. Lord, I ask you to, uh, I ask you to let us show grace, mercy. I ask you to let us be people of compassion. Uh, I ask you to let us be people who... Um, are abundant in our grace. We are abundant in our love for other people. God, let us not just stay in a box, but God, I pray that you would let us, let us come out of that and break out and expand our borders. God, challenge us this week. Bring people in our lives this week. Bring people in our lives this week who you want us, who you want us to minister to. Let us get outside of our box, Lord. And Lord, above all this, let us love our neighbor. We know what your opinion is. We know that you want us to love our neighbor as much as we love you. Let us do that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand for a final worship song, you guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.